Thank you for listening to the Spectrum Lounge. If you enjoy this podcast, please support us at patreon.com backslash film fatale underscore NYC. And be sure to subscribe to the Spectrum Lounge. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. Welcome to the Spectrum Lounge podcast, where we discuss creatives of color disrupting the game in TV, film, and pop culture. I am your host, Rebecca Theodore Fashan, and on this episode, we speak with actors Justina Machado and Renzi Felice, stars of the Netflix original film, All Together Now, which premieres Friday, August 28th. Take a listen. Hi, Justina! Hi, Rebecca! I haven't seen you since New York City, girl! I know! I'm oh, sorry that my camera's on mute. It's a bad hair day. I was like, oh, that's I all right, girl. That's all right. That's all good. <laughs> I'm like, I, you're, you're not recording this, so I don't care. I don't care what I look like right now. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to see, I'm so happy to talk to you. Yeah, I was just thinking, I was telling my friend, I was like, yeah, I met Justina a few years ago, just when um, One Day at a Time was about to go out. I think we we were on a panel for Entertainment Weekly. We absolutely were, were, we were. And were. We, were about the, we were talking about the movies. Uh, it was the year that La La Land, remember? Because that was a big yes. controversy. La La Land, Moonlight, all of that. I do remember. All right, right. So how, how have you been holding up during this quarantine? Oh, my God. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> I feel like I got to the point where now I'm used to it. I, mm-hmm. I remember that the day that it happened, we were actually doing the talk. The whole cast was doing the talk. And it was like March 12th or 13th. And literally the day after that, everything just kind of stopped. And uh, of course it was really difficult in the beginning. And mm-hmm. I remember going, there's no way this, th- I can't do more than three months of this. And now right. later, uh, my brother and I, we took a road trip to Chicago, uh, which is where I'm from. And we yeah. drove 30 hours and then 30 hours back. So that was a good thing to be with family. We stayed in Chicago for a month. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I think staying with family definitely helps like your mental state. That is so true. Um, So let's talk about All Together now. I actually saw the movie and I have to say that I love it. I, you know, I I, I came into it thinking that it was just going to be like this cute, bubbly teen movie. And it was like, oh, no, they're talking about like really serious topics here, homelessness, alcoholism, dysfunctional relationships with your parents. So how did, how did this role come to you? Uh, um, Basically was my agent called me and said, Hey, it's an audition. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, and nobody was looking for me. They weren't like, we want Justina Machado. You know, it was just kind of uh, uh, a good thing that my agent sent it to me and they said, read this. And I just loved it. I loved her. And, you know, because I've been doing one day at a time for, for four seasons, it, it was nice to get in there and stretch my, my drama chops and, and tell a story like that. Like you just said, that has so much real, real life happening in it. And one day at a time does a, be- a beautiful job with that. But it was mm-hmm. nice to do it in not a 22-minute platform. And, right. you know, to be able to, to tell this beautiful story of community, of survival, of love, of asking for help, of accepting help, of, of persevering, uh, all of that. And then of course, working with that brilliant young woman, Ali, uh, it was just fantastic. Yeah, so um, can you tell us a little bit about your character and what the movie is about? Well, the movie is about this young woman who finds herself in a very real life situation where she's homeless 
and you know, she, you know, her mom has problems. Her mom it has alcohol problems. Her mother's a young widow. You know, they love each other dearly, but they have all of these things. She's kind of living in shame and embarrassment, and she's not really asking for help or letting anybody know what's going on. She really knows how to give love, uh, give help. It's difficult for her to accept it. Um, and it's a story about how community rallies behind you and mm. how one you, people have each other's back, especially in a time like this. It's a beautiful thing to see that, you know, you have your tribe, you have your community, you have the family you were born into and the family that you make. And so this young woman is surrounded by love, even though she's in a very tumultuous and it's very, her life is full of turmoil. She really is surrounded with a, a lot of love and support and, uh, uh, yeah, that's the movie. And then my character is a woman who's just life has been tough for her. And a lot of life has happened to her and she's a lost and she has she has a lot of problems and she doesn't know how to get out of those problems. And mm. she has no one to turn to and or she doesn't want to because she doesn't think that anybody could help her. That happens a lot, you know, when somebody has a, a that it has a substance abuse problem. They just don't right. see any way out of it. They don't see how somebody could possibly help them when it's that deep and that bad. And she still has deep love for her daughter, but she's just a very, a very flawed person. Right. And I think one of the things that I really loved about how they wrote your character is that there was a lot of humanity in there. It, it could have easily been like this very evil you know, substance abuse, mother, but I think because of your performance and the way that it's written, um, especially watching that movie, I feel like this movie is so timely right now. Like you guys kind of picked a perfect time because so many people are in Becky's place right now. What, you know, with a substance problem, substance abuse problem or not. Yes. Um, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish, Rebecca. Um, well, I just wanted to ask, like, for you, just entering that that character creating the the role of Becky did you ever feel or did you ever refer to any times in your life where you kind of felt hopeless that way or or grieving or just really sad oh you all, all three of them mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking to an actress right a Latinx actress, a woman of color. Uh, I mean, I can go down the line. So yes, mm. many times I have felt hopeless. Yes, many times, deep sadness and deep grief. Absolutely. I, I feel I, I deeply, whether it's a deep happiness or deep sadness. But the one thing, and I think this movie has that, is that I've always been able to, because of my community or because of how I am to be able to get myself out of, out of these feelings, you know, to, to understand right. that there's, there, there could be, if I need help, I ask for help. If, if I need to talk to somebody, I call somebody. If I have to cry, I cry. All of those things that I used to do by myself, because uh, Judy and I were talking about this earlier in our interviews, uh, like when you grow up Latina, so many times they don't want you, you can't tell anybody anything. Everything has mm. to stay in the family. They don't even understand if you talk to a teacher about something or anything, you know, it's, it's a big deal, like keeping it in the family. So to be right. being able to break out of that has been very amazing for me because yeah. it, those feelings are really difficult when you're feeling them by yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so happy that you spoke to Judy Reyes and I know she plays a character on One Day at a Time, which is more comedic. Um, so what was it like to work with her to kind of reunite with her in playing uh, such a more, a more dramatic role? 
Well, it's we we when we work together and we've worked together many times, you know, Julie oh, and I, okay. oh yeah, girl. I did mm -hmm. devious maids with her. I played yes! her on devious maids. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, what, and some other stuff that we did. I don't know what we've done some other stuff. But Judy, um, when we work, we just work. We, you know, mm -hmm. like on one day at a time, we have a good time because it's funny. We crack jokes, whatever. But when we were doing this, we were very serious about what we had to do. And then when it was over, we, you know, went to the bar and had a good time. <laughs> I, I thought we wrote. It's like we, we were going to work hard and then we're going to go have fun afterwards. So we're just, we're good partners because we have the same kind of work ethic. Right. And um, the, the, the scenes that the two of you had together, I was like, yes, they are acting, acting. <laughs> And, you know, and I'm like, you know, because we've had these conversations because these are the kind of roles that, you know, Latina actresses are looking for that are not, you know, necessarily yeah. um, stereotypical. Right. I mean, just the fact I was just talking to Renzi Felice and I was like, how great that you have a show that this movie has three Latino leads. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's two amazing. Afro Latinos. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like, yes. And also the fact that none of that gets mentioned. I love it at all. We're not talking yes. about ethnicity. We're talking about humanity. So mm -hmm. it's like that uh, Brett did such an incredible job in making it uh, look like what we look like. So yes, it, it's, uh, incredible. And yes, how incredible for Renzi that, you know, for all of us to not have to be, you know, that I didn't have to be, you know, Maria Gonzalez and which I don't have a problem <laughs> with that, but come on, right? you, you get a little tired. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I think that's the one of the things that I've loved about you and, and Judy. I, I kind of see you guys as sort of like these OGs, you know, for Latina actresses where it's like, yes, we can play a role that, you know, that that speak to our, our ethnic identity, but also we can play all sorts of roles. You Absolutely. know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so we know Carol Burnett is in this movie. Did you get to meet her? No, girl, I did not. And let me tell you, that was so sad for me because I mean, it was sad for Judy too. Judy's still yeah. so slow about it. But um, no, I was really, and I knew that I wouldn't be able to because yeah. I knew that we didn't have any scenes together. And you know what it's like when you work on a movie, you're there mm -hmm. for the time that you're there and then other people come in and they do it that way. So no, I did not get to, but I am thrilled to see her mm. And I am thrilled to see a movie where my name and her name are in the same place. Right, right. And it's kind of cool. Like, I mean, One Day at a Time was on Netflix for three seasons. And it's kind of like you guys have, you've done a come back home. What's it like to be back on Netflix? Netflix is great. You know, I've always, yeah. you know, whatever happened between us and Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking take it personal. I don't take right. it personal because had it not been for Netflix, I honestly don't think one day at a time would have ever gotten any air. They, they just would have mm -hmm. been like, what? No, Latinx. Oh, what? LGBTQ. No, I think that some networks would have been scared. Maybe not now, but we're talking about right. we know how much has changed just in six months, just in four yes. years. So mm -hmm. um, it, I don't think anybody would have been brave enough to put us on. So I'm always so grateful to Netflix. Uh, for giving us that opportunity. And, you know, Netflix has great content. Right. So, I mean, fourth season of uh, One Day at a Time, you guys are at Pop TV. I actually got a subscription to watch it because I was Aww. like, okay, I, I, I keep going to Netflix. I'm like, it's not on Netflix anymore. So I went to Pop TV and I was able to binge the seven episodes. And I, I was so happy to see that the content has not changed. It's it's seamless. Like your move from Netflix, you're still talking 
talking about the same topics. How, how has it been for you being on Pop TV? Fantastic. They they were so, um, you know, we had to stop at, because of the virus and we stopped after six episodes and then we did that animation episode from everyone's home. Yes. But um, mm -hmm. uh, the Pop TV was so enthusiastic with us. Uh, as soon as they required, they acquired the show, it was just love, love, love. What do you need? What do you need? So much support. So it's been incredible to be somewhere, you know, like pop where they're so happy to have us and we're so happy to be there. Right. And, and the thing I love about one day at a time is like, no matter, I always feel like no matter where I am in my life, there's always with every season, I love every episode, but there are like specific episodes that kind of speak to me like the first episode where Penelope is you know missing her ex and she's like well yeah I'm a strong independent woman I'm a feminist that doesn't mean that I, I don't want a man you know what I mean and I was just like that that's a serious conversation that a lot of single women my single women friends have is like does it make us less feminine to, to less feminist to want a boyfriend and to have a partner yeah, I don't no, think so. it doesn't, not at all. <laughs> because we can be feminists, but we're still human beings and we're still animals and we still have pride, you know, come on. <laughs> it's like, we're still right. people that, I mean, isn't, uh, isn't life about love? And I really, the older I get, the older I get, I just really realize that. And you want to share your life with somebody, you know, whoever that somebody mm -hmm. is, you want to share your life, you want to share your accomplishments and, you know, your sadness and all of that thing. And that doesn't make you uh, less of a feminist or less strong or any of those things. Right. Um, and especially the the episode seven, which was the animated one. Yes. Um, I love that episode. Well, number one, the animation, because you were able to do things that you couldn't do in a live action show, especially with Rita Moreno's character. I thought that was funny when she kept drinking. I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Um, but I really love that episode because I really, I mean, in the, you know, somebody else who may not have known how to write this, this episode could have failed where it could have been like, it was really just talking about, you know, we have the far left and the far right and the current election. I, I think the way that you guys did it so beautifully, it's about trying to find the humanity in opposing sides. You know what I mean? Cause every, each side thinks that they're right. Oh, right. But yeah. it's, each yeah, they're right. And, uh, and it was so beautifully done because nobody was accusing anybody of anything. You know, it was actual. And, it, and like you said, the animation was really great for it because it allowed the dream sequences, what she thought it would look like, all, all of these things. And uh, a lot of uh, a lot of people uh, have family members or friends mm -hmm. or ex-friends or any of those things that are, you know, on a different side that you're on right now. And it's a very difficult conversation. And I'm telling you, yes. I don't even know how to have that conversation. I have no idea how to have that conversation. And I love the fact that Gloria, Gloria Calderon Kelly and Mike Royce, that was so brilliant. And they know how to have those kind of conversations. Unfortunately, I I, I go like, ah, hey, <laughs> Jesus, I, I can't tolerate intolerance, you know, but. Uh, it's so important that we talk to each other because that's part of the reason that we're all here. Nobody's talking to each other. But but like I just said, I don't even know how to do it. And I have to be honest, I really don't know how to when it's when they're so far to the other side. I am confused about it. So that that's a great episode to watch if you want to learn how to or or try to see uh, get a tip on how to do it. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then I, I did want to ask you finally, um, you know, the Emmy nominations came out a couple of weeks ago. And of course, there's mm -hmm. been this really important discussion about the lack of like yourself, the lack of Latina at Latina and Latinx uh, performers in major um, categories. I mean, um, what, what has been your feeling? I mean, you've been in the business. I mean, is it sort of like, oh, not again? <laughs> Not again. It, it is, but now it's different. It's not again, but I think for a long time, people were just conditioned to think that that's just the way that it was, just like you are in life, you know, if a, like if you're of a certain generation. And then I think you have to realize, no, this is, this is not right. This is crazy. Uh, this is, it doesn't make any sense of, of what we do of what we represent and the stories that we tell. Um, I'm just interested in moving the needle forward for all Latinos, Afro-Latinos, indigenous Latinos, you know, uh, transgender Latinos, uh, every single one of us. I just wanna move that needle forward. And I wanna start having conversations about that. I don't wanna sit mm -hmm. on another panel and talk about how there's not this and there's not that. That doesn't do anything. I want to mm -hmm. see. We need solid solutions. And you know what? Who needs to start? Be they need to start asking the studio heads these questions and the network yes. heads these questions. They need to start getting them in the room with people of color so that they're held accountable too. Because constantly, you know, people slip up, people make mistakes. Sometimes they they don't say the right thing, and all of a sudden they're vil they're vilified. And yet the real problem is the people doing the hiring. Mm. Yes. So we need to well, start having that conversation. I'm ready to have it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready so to have it. And so am I. And every Latinx person and a woman of color and black woman brown, we all need to start having those conversations. And, and just not sitting there, not comparing, that gets people in trouble. That's also dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, mm. let's move it forward. Right. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me, Justina. Always a pleasure, <laughs> Always a pleasure Rebecca. Thank you. I'll, I'll have to have you back when, when, <laughs> when the next season, the rest of the season of One Day at a Time. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm hooked. I, I can't I'll wait be, for the other episodes. <laughs> I'll be here. Thank you. Great. Thank you. The pain that you're feeling, channel it, put it into your song. That's what an artist does. And you, you're an artist. You do so much for other people. Let us help you. I don't need it. What is so bad about needing help? You expect the rest of us to watch you go down the drain and that is not fair. Not fair? Amber, you are suffering and you won't admit it. Just leave me alone. Hey, Renzi. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining the Spectrum Lounge. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while because I'm, I'm oh, a huge fan is. of... Yeah, I'm a big fan of The Runaways. I, I have to catch up on season three, though. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, there's some big bombshells season three. Oh, shoot. Good, okay. I'm glad. Um, good. <laughs> so how have you been holding up um, during this pandemic? Like, have you been, like, doing any new activities, finding any new, you I know, guess, I guess I've been trying. Yeah, I've been mm -hmm. trying to stay somewhat busy, to say have some sort of routine. Um acting being stripped away from me in a way is very tough because it's my I yes. love to do it I, it's my one of my passions um mm -hmm. but I've, I've sort of taken up uh working out a little bit um I, I didn't used to before uh but my roommate uh, I moved in with in March uh he's mm -hmm. like big into it 
And so okay. I just sort of follow everything he does. I'm like, as long as I just, if I just do, I know that I, if he goes to work out, I can go work out. If he eats this, I'll eat this. As long as oh. I just do what he does, I should be fine. And it, so uh-huh. it makes it a little easier for me. And I've been yeah. doing pretty well. I've been doing uh, eating wise and stuff. I've been doing, I've been doing all right. Oh, that's good. So have you been like, do you find that you have more energy, like sleeping better? Have you, have you seen a difference? Um, sleeping is, sleeping's tough for me. I need to work mm. on my sleeping schedule. I'm like a nocturnal animal. It's not good. I'm up yeah. way too late <laughs> at night, but, um, but in terms of everything else, I do feel better. Yeah. I feel oh. a little more energetic. I feel after I'm done with the workout, I don't feel so when I'm stuck in the house all day and I don't have much to do, it gets yeah. to feeling like, I don't know, like I'm wasting like my life away. So I'm wasting my youth. And yeah. so I like to get do something and be a little more active. After I'm done, I, I feel better. But going to start is always is just as tough. I don't. Yeah, it's tough. Gotcha. <laughs> In yeah. the same way. Um, so let's talk about All Together now. Um, and your character, Ty. Can you tell us a little bit about the movie and about your character? Yeah, yeah. The movie follows this girl um, who's going through like pretty, pretty tough uh challenges um but she's incredibly optimistic uh almost at a fault and uh and it's her sort of learning that there's a community around her that that love her and support her and care for her and uh we just sort of follow her journey on this and 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 ty is uh is this really sweet uh kind of shy um kid who who loves amber that's the way that i sort of played it is that uh he genuinely loves his person and not necessarily like boyfriend girlfriend thing but more mm-hmm. um more like he loves the human being that amber is uh she thinks she's amazing and so kind and so he he does what he can in order to help her in order to be there for her you know mm-hmm. in, in these in these tough times for her but uh yeah it's this beautiful story about about you know this chosen family that you have and and that there's that there's that there's going to be dark times and that mm-hmm. happens in life and it's going to be challenging but that you gotta you gotta there has to be you have to have hope you have to keep pushing forward yeah you know the funny thing is like when I I I wasn't familiar with the book but when I heard about the movie like I walked in expecting like this fun and bubbly teen movie and it was like oh wait you guys are dealing with like some serious themes yeah like homelessness and alcoholism and you know family dysfunction um had you read the original novel in order to prepare for the role um, I thought about it. I, I didn't. I asked the director of the movie, should I read the book in order to gain like a little bit extra info on, on, on the character? And he said that in the book, it isn't, Ty doesn't have a really big part. He's really mm. pretty minimal. And so that they expanded that for the movie. And so he said, you're not really going to find much in the book. But um, I did, there was one quote that said, uh, it, it, he just, Amber describes Ty as the Michelangelo of teens. And mm-hmm. that to me uh, kind of inspired a lot of the the way that someone views someone is super important, right? And so the fact that she sees him as this amazing, almost mystical, like such a oh, such a nice guy, that mm. sort of gave me a lot of insight into into that genuinely good. He's a genuinely good-hearted person who wants the best. Sometimes he may go about it the wrong way, you know. But but I think all in all, you can see that he's good-hearted. Right, right. So um, after shooting, I mean, coming from a, a television series like The Runaways for three seasons, what were some of the challenges or the advantages or challenges you saw in shooting a feature film versus doing serialized television? Right. Um, a big thing that I realized was uh, you get a lot more time. Hmm. We're shooting, we're shooting, you know, 12 hours a day on the TV show, um, 13, 14. 
and we're trying to cram in maybe nine, 10 pages a day of dialogue and stuff, which maybe sounds like it's not that much, but it really does take a lot of time. Uh, um, whereas on the film, you get so much more time to do so much more, or you get to find this on one way, you kind of have to show up and, uh, and you're going to have, you're going to have your takes. You're not going like, you know, it's a one take situation, but you get a lot more time. You get a lot more, you, you only have an hour and a half with the movie. So every mm-hmm. scene needs to be, needs to be perfect, you know? Um, right. And the TV show, you have ten, over 10 plus hours in a season. So we just got to, we got to get them done so that we have a show to show to people. Um, and so I just think that there's more time to every, every minute of the movie. There's more time given to everyone on set. Right, right. Um, so your co-lead is Ali Cravalho, um, who plays Amber. What was it like working with her? Oh, she's amazing. It was, mm-hmm. it was the best. I'd say, I'd say the best part of about it was that I were the only ones uh, in Portland, the only actors for the whole run of the movie we were there for like a month and a half, two months almost. Um, and so every day after we finished shooting, we didn't have much to do. So we got to explore, you know, the, the city. And she is an incredible singer. She has a song in this movie, which is a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, Keegan DeWitt wrote it, uh, our, our, one of our music guys. And uh, and I most of the time I would get her to come over like to, to the apartment I was staying at or I'd go over to hers and we'd just like, I'd say I play a little bit of guitar. I'd say I'd play some guitar. She would sing. We just had like ha- have a few hours of just like getting to hang out and like when she can sing the way she does, it's pretty. It's impressive all the time. So right, I, I love getting to work with her. She's amazing. Yeah. So I know that there's one scene in the movie where uh, your character Ty takes Amber away uh, to his uh, parents' vacation house, and it's this amazing house. Did you guys actually shoot in there, or was that a oh, was that a yeah. created set? No, gorgeous, gorgeous. Not yeah. a set at all. Uh, we got to sh- that was like our first week of shooting. Actually, we got to go out to the uh, to the lake house, mm. and yeah, it was beautiful. Um, during the day, during the night, it was it was amazing. The house was beautiful. I took many many naps in that in those rooms during shooting after. So mm. it was it was it was gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, and um, Carol Burnett is is part of the cast. Did you get to meet her? I did briefly. I wasn't on set any mm. of the times that she was, so it was it was like high and by. But I have heard the most amazing things uh, about Carol. Yeah, she's so sweet and kind. Ali was talking about it a second ago, um, where she's just uh, amazing. Uh-huh. And then I and then of course I saw the movie and the job she did in the film. I think is fantastic. So I would have loved to have gotten to share some scenes myself, yeah. uh, selfishly. But it was <laughs> it, it was right. awesome just to have her be a part of the film. Great. Um, what, one of the themes that really, because I feel like when I watch um, this movie altogether, like it feels like now in these times, this show, this movie is so timely. Um, and one of the themes is, you know, with Amber, she's so used to being independent and helping other people. And one of her challenges is being able to accept help. Um, and there's a line that your character says that I really loved where he says to her, uh, think of it as a gift. Uh that you're giving us the gift of being able to help you. Um, were there any times in your life where you felt like you were afraid to ask for help, but then there was maybe like a guardian angel or, you know, someone who just kind of stepped in, stepped up and was like, you know, it's okay. It's okay for you to ask for help. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. I think I have a, I don't think I have as hard of a time as Amber, but I do have a difficult time asking because it's a very vulnerable thing to do to have to ask people for help and stuff. And so I think one of the messages of the movie that I think is beautiful is the fact that 
you know, choose your circle. If you, you know, your chosen family, people who love you, people that you love, and and trust them a little bit more. You know, give them, open up, and 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 realize that they, that they're they're gonna help you. You know, people who who genuinely care about you, they'll be there for you more more times than not. And so it is difficult. It's a difficult thing to do, and it has happened to me. But um, I think people who know me very well, uh, the we're able they're able to sort of get it out even if i don't maybe want to open up in that way and i don't want to talk about a certain thing they're able to say like talk to me sit down and, and it takes a little bit of coaxing sometimes it's not easy but um when you do right. you do feel a lot better you know yeah um and the other thing that i really loved about um all together now is that it's it's such a wonderfully inclusive cast um you have you know three latino leads like you and judy rays and um justino machado and and then ali cravalo being from hawaii like and um also having anthony jacks who is um on the spectrum he's autistic and also another character is in a wheelchair um do you feel like in your career like going forward like these are the type of um because also in Runaways, it was a wonderfully diverse and inclusive cast too. Yeah. Is that something that you look for specifically when you're choosing roles? Um, I think it's something that's incredibly important for sure. Uh, I, I I would say, I love that our film did that. That's something that I'm pretty proud of uh, when you look back at it. Um, and it's not centered, I like that it's not centered around. It's not a movie about the fact that we have a friend who's in a wheelchair and we have to help. But it's not, it's not, the film's not about that. The film mm-hmm. is about these teenagers and this chosen family and this great group of kids. And they just so happen to look like and, and be like a lot of the people in, in our world. And it, and it isn't, and it isn't, it doesn't hitch over the head with it. It doesn't try to be too preachy. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a week, a two week, three weeks in the life of, of these, you know, of, of these teenagers. And that's something beautiful to me. It's like beautifully understated. Um, but at the same time, it's not, it's such a highlight for me of the film. Right. Um, well, you are, I just, I found out that you are from the Bronx or you, you grew up in the Bronx and you're Dominican. I'm also Dominican. Um, my oh, Spanish is not that good too. <laughs> well, no, half, half Haitian and half Dominican. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's been this discussion, um, you know, the Emmy nominations came out a couple of weeks ago and, you know, particularly with the um, community of the Latino actors, you know, it's sort of like yet again, no Latino actors were nominated for any major roles or any shows that were censoring Latino characters. And I just wanted to know, like, since you've been in the business, like what has been your experience as someone who is Latino and specifically someone who is Afro-Latino, what the casting process has been like for you or how you feel that you're perceived when you walk into those casting rooms? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, it, It is, it's, I mean, that is that's an interesting question. I feel like, I mean, I feel like I've lost some parts. Too. I I I read scripts, and when you read them, you almost know what they're looking for in the script. You can tell it's almost like it's almost a foregone conclusion they're looking for someone white. It's not even like a question. The not in the way that the character is necessarily, but it's like I don't know. Maybe because you maybe 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 it's a bias that I have because I've seen so many movies that mm. always center white love interests and and these these characters, but. But generally, I don't. I don't think it is. I think they are writing it for by people. Sometimes you have to go in and give your own interpretation of it. And hopefully, things are getting much more inclusive these days than they were, you know, two, three decades ago. And so maybe you can change some people's minds. Like, oh, maybe we don't need to have, you know, the good-looking, whatever, be the white guy, you know. And then that stuff to me is is super important. That people just keep uh keep an open mind, and and they're making an effort. Especially Brett in this movie was making an effort to to make it diverse, you know. Um, 
And that's important. I mean, the people who are in charge, people who are in power, who can make those decisions, as long as they have, they, I mean, it gets into the politics of it and, and the bigger and the studios and things like that. But for the most part, the, these directors have visions and, and, and they can push uh, what they want to the forefront um, a lot of the time. And sometimes they can't, but um, it's nice when, when they sort of use their voice to, to champion and to help people who, you know, a lot of the roles are written, like I said, for white people, and then they sort of make it available and an opportunity for, for people, you know, for people, people of color. Right. Um, and also having, being, having an Afro-Latino identity, do you feel that sometimes it's easier to get a role as a black man, as, as a black character, as opposed to a Latino character? Uh, for sure. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know if I've ever gotten a like specifically Latino character. Even when I get sent out, it feels almost pointless because I'm like, when they look for Latino, they're not necessarily looking for someone who looks like me and knows Afro-Latino, which is, mm-hmm. uh, but, but at the same time, it's, you know, these are two, these are, these are identities that, that still live within me. And so I feel mm-hmm. I, there's, there's times where I've struggled with it, to be honest, in terms of like, where do I fit in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's getting easier because more people are talking about it. You know, I didn't even know what Afro-Latino was until maybe a year and a half ago, maybe like maybe even less. Uh, so for a while there, you do feel a little bit lost, but it's the, the fact that we're talking about it, you know, the fact that there's a lot of conversation on it does help someone like me who's young and doesn't really know sometimes where they fit in life. Because a lot of times you grow up, I grew up in a Latino household with two Dominican parents and Dominican, Dominican, Dominican. That's all I knew. And then mm. I get to school and everyone's like, oh, you, oh, you're black, you're black, you're black. And I, and I didn't understand that you could like be both it, like that wasn't a thing to me so I I was always struggling like am I black am I Dominican and then over time you know you sort of with conversation it just, it just takes education and that's the thing that a lot of people lack sometimes um, and, and what I did as well which made me feel a little bit lost but in learning about it it, it it sort of it allows me to settle in a little bit more and not feel so so like you know scattered Mm-hmm. Um, so are there any directors or actors and actresses that you, you would want to work with? Like if you had a wish list? Oh man, so many. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a huge list. I'm, I'm a big fan of directors who, uh, I want to be the, the kind of actor that, that I see myself being is like being a part of something that's bigger than just, than just the actor, a part of the film, you know, like, uh, like a Christopher Nolan movie. He makes these mm. huge epics. Um, that's more than just about Matthew McConaughey being an interstellar. It's more than just Leonardo DiCaprio being an inception. There's a real story being told. There's, 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 there's a uniqueness to the way that they're telling the story. Um, it's not about Christian Bale being Batman. It's about this, this guy who's trying to fight the, like the Batman story, but it's more than just Heath Ledger. It's more than just Batman. It's this beautiful, the, the storytelling is my favorite thing. Um, I'm really passionate about it. And uh, and so Christopher Nolan, I mean, I would love to work with Tarantino. He makes some of my favorite movies. Um, but this is like, a this is every everyone's like wish list for these guys. And so there's nothing nothing unique about it that, that I'm saying. But uh, but yeah, it's a long list. I could, we could be here all day talking about directors I'd want to work with. <laughs> okay, well, those are all the questions I have. Thank you so much, Renzi. And congratulations oh, on you. the new movie. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Bye.